Welcome back to another episode of the Magnetic Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt. Today, I have a fantastic guest. You guys know that we do podcast swaps all the time. So I've already been on this uh, fantastic gal show, and now it's her turn to come on mine. I have Rebecca Kiger here. She is a trauma-informed master mindset and money coach, and her mission is to help as many women as possible stop self-sabotaging, take back their power, and heal their relationship with money for good. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life, and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic goddesses. Welcome, Rebecca, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm so excited to dive in. I'm so excited to have you here. So first of all, we got to talk about the fact that you are one of the few people in the world that I can have my crazy divine masculine, divine feminine conversations with, because I feel like so many people are not necessarily with this conversation yet. And so I love that you understand this aspect of all of this. And so what I would love to know from you right now is what do you think is the, because we're just diving in, what do you (laughs) think is the role in the internal relationship when it comes to money for the feminine? Oh, I think that the internal relationship with the feminine, the divine feminine is really to be able to, to receive, to be able to be in flow, to allow that natural flow of life with the beautiful dance with the divine masculine is really what that means to me. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Right. It's that receiving energy. It's that like, I am open to having, and we're going to talk all about receiving blocks in a couple minutes because receiving blocks and money mindset go hand in hand. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about you. Um, I was reading in your bio, which I didn't get from being on your show. You have seven kids. My mom has seven kids. Okay. I'm one of seven. I have one job. Jo- I have one daughter. Yes. Okay. I was like, <laughs> where did you put them? Because I have five and I'm just oh like, Oh my God. Yeah. Sounds insane. Okay. So you have one. Got you. Okay. So growing up as a child of seven. Okay. So that that's where kind of this came from. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah. What, what do you feel made you like what was your journey to becoming not only a money mindset coach and a a mindset coach in general, but a trauma informed one? Oh my gosh. So there's, there's a lot to unpack, which I'll, I'll just go into kind of the overview highlight of it. So 
growing up in survival mode, I mean, we grew up below the poverty line. My mom was a single mom of seven kids. So she was divorced three times and lots of chaos, lots of uh, survival, lots of nervous system dysregulation. Uh, And so ultimately what I realized is when I went into adulthood, started making a lot of money, um, started moving into really wanting to move away from that poverty. So I was like in this energy of moving away from what it is that I didn't want versus moving towards what I do, which is a different conversation. But ultimately uh, what ended up happening is as I was making more and more money every single year, I realized that I was still spending all of it. I was still having a hard time holding on to it. I was still like, what's going on here? I'm still in a lot of these cycles that I was in as a child. And I never had peace around money. It didn't matter how much I had or I made. It was always this stress, anxiety, fear, um, very low vibrational uh, emotions around money. And I just couldn't understand it. And so the missing link for me was really when I started diving into understanding how the nervous system relates to us receiving and being able to hold on to wealth. And I started regulating my nervous system, bringing my emotions around money into check. And really uh, over the last five years or so, I've been diving super deep into that and bringing myself back to safety getting out of survival mode is what actually allowed me to quantum leap and be able to not only bring in way more than ever before, but to do it in a way that allows me to rest, allows me to receive passive income streams and also learning how to hold on to the money and building, you know, wealth beyond what I had ever imagined possible. So that's what led to the trauma informed piece is understanding how trauma actually does affect our relationship with money. So I would love to hear more on that. And I think our audience would as well. Like what, Can you explain, because I I think, you know, going back to my own money trauma, I definitely feel like there's a somatic aspect of trauma when it comes to money. Like there's like this pit in your stomach. There's this feeling of like, oh, and it's like, you can talk in your mind all day long about, I am abundant and da, 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 da. But if your body doesn't follow suit, you know, you, you're just like barking up the wrong tree. You're not necessarily making any headways. So like, what do you feel like is something that somebody could do? when it comes to regulating their nervous system and money, like what's like a quick or like, what's a beginning step for that? Yeah. So first and foremost, it's realizing that uh, bringing awareness really to the the conversation around, okay, if you're not where you want to be financially, or say you're bringing in a lot of money, you hit financial plateaus, um, recognizing that we all have something called a financial thermostat which is where our nervous system is comfortable in terms of not only bringing in wealth. So you can look at this from a monthly or an annual perspective, like how much money you're bringing in, but also how much money your nervous system is comfortable holding on to. So I believe that awareness is a a massive component of this conversation, which is even just having awareness to the fact that this is the way that it works and recognizing that anything that is unfamiliar to the nervous system is automatically deemed as unsafe. And so, because again, there's lots of science behind this, but the reality is that if we know that and we know, Hey, I've never had wealth at this level before, whatever level I'm going after, then I have to know that my nervous system needs to get on board. I have to be able to bring safety to my physical body in order to get to this next level. If I don't, then what can end up happening is I'll come up against upper limits and uh, really, you know, self-sabotage. So one of the ways that I would say the key things that I tell everyone to start doing is just familiarizing yourself with where you are around money um, using like what I call a money date. So I literally will just kind of exposure therapy really just sit down with my money, look at what's going on, even if I'm not where I want to be yet, right? Or even if you're not where you want to be yet, 
Um, a lot of times we think, oh, well, out of sight, out of mind. That's not true when it comes to money. We have to be empowered around this. We have to look at, hey, haunting you, whether you're looking at it or not, it's haunting you. It's like, haunting let's be you. real. I mean, you That's might not real. be actually looking at the screens, but like it's in the back of your head. It is Always. definitely taking up space. Always taking up space. So let's be empowered around it. Let's sit down and do a money day. Let's get, and I call it a money day because I'll sit down sometimes with, you know, some candles or some music and really just sit with my money. Your relationship with money is like a relationship with anyone else. If you are literally avoiding it, (laughs) you're like afraid of checking your bank account or you're feeling scarcity, you're feeling fear. Anytime it leaves you, you're like, oh my God, when's it coming back? I mean, can you think about like this needy, energy. Like if you were a, a woman mate, dating a man, like that man would be like, yeah, bye. Like I'm not dealing with this. Right. Or vice versa. Girlfriend, right. It's Girlfriend like, doesn't you matter here. You're already gone. That's all you brought. That's all you brought. And it's like, you're the one who invited me. Like, tell me to bring more men next time. You're the one who's in charge of how much I bring. Oh, you don't get that yet. Okay. Well, Isn't we'll talk when you're ready. Yeah. Like, don't we do this? Like, so this is what we do with money, but we don't recognize it because we're not seeing it as an actual relationship. So it is about like, okay, let me sit with my money. Let me start to understand my financial scenario. Let me respect and have reverence for the money that comes in gratitude for what it is that I have now. Right. So that's really important to kind of start is just where are you at? Because ultimately you can't get to where you want to go without knowing where you are because you won't know the steps to take. Yeah, that's so true. And it's interesting, like the first couple of times you make that observation, you're like, oh, wow, I suck. Oh gosh, I suck. And then by the third time you're like, huh, I do this a lot, don't I? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And then you start to have compassion because you're like, oh my gosh, this is an epidemic. Like I am poisoned. Like poor me. (laughs) And then you go through that victim piece of like then, you know, and then you're like, okay, so how do I fix this? Well, you've been fixing it the whole time. So now you're like three quarters of the way through it. And it's like, okay, now I get to change it. And so like, it's this whole emotional cycle that happens, but you're so right. Like, and I love what you said about it being a relationship because, you know, we were, I kind of teased this at the beginning. I knew we were coming back here, but like for me in my work with the sacred masculine, the sacred masculine is the steward of money. He's the one who's like, girl, I got it. I got like, I can make it rain. You just got to tell me what you want. Number one. And number two, you've got to trust me to provide it. Mm. And when you can do those two things together, the world is your oyster. But so many of us are like, but what if you don't, but what if you don't, but what if, what if I tell you, and then you use it against me, you know, and that's the trauma piece because so many women, I think, and maybe I'm taking this in a totally different direction, but maybe I'm not. So many women have been through traumatic relationships with their mothers, with their mother's partners, especially, you know, you mentioned your mom was married three times over the morning. Um, And so, you know, the trauma aspect of it that we're like, why would I even want to be intimate relationship wise, not sexually, because that's a whole nother story with somebody who's going to turn around and use it against me, who's going to be a narcissist about it, who's going to you know, use it to, to push me down. And so when it comes to this internal relationship with money, I think that women are like, no, I don't, I don't even want to have that conversation. I just need to do it for myself. And mm-hmm. in doing for yourself, what you're saying is universe, I don't trust you. Source, I don't trust you. Sacred masculine, I don't trust you. And then everything has to come from you. Mm-hmm. And that will bring you some modicum of wealth. It can, it absolutely does. It won't last forever you'll burn out. Yep. 
and you'll be right. And then all it will take is getting sick or having the market change. I mean, so Rebecca, you know, me and you, we're in the coaching space at, at this moment. What is it? 2023 into 2023. How many people are having conversations about the landscape changing? Things are different. People don't pay what they used to pay. And then there's some people that are just sitting there like, I mean, yeah, if you make those people your source, then you're right. But if you recognize where source really is and where your abundance is really coming from, this is just, you know, this is just fodder for conversation. And I think that's really like the conversation that we need to be having, you know? A thousand percent. Oh my gosh. And one of the ways that you can really start to get present to what your relationship with money looks like is number one, understanding that the way you do one thing in life is the way that you do everything in life. How would it be to be in a relationship with you? Like if you were money, how would, what would money say about you? <laughs> like, how would, how are you showing up in other relationships, right? What would your spouse, your partner, your family, your mother, your, you know, what is it like to be in relation with you? And wow. I think this is a hard conversation uh, to have. You guys, that's a homework yeah. assignment. Okay. So you're going to write a perspective of what it's like to be in a relationship with yourself from the perspective of money. I want to see these. I want these to come through my email guys, gratitude, glamour, Inc at Gmail. I want to see some of these letters. Okay. Continue. Oh my God. It's so good because really, if you think about it, right, we're in relationship with money, just like anything else. And so it's that important for us to take a look. And sometimes it's not a very fun thing, right? When we're doing this inner work and your audience knows this, right? You guys all know this. Like when we're doing the inner work, it isn't always the easiest thing to do. We don't always want to like look in the mirror and be like, what's wrong with me, right? For those of us who have been on this journey a while, it's 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 okay because like you said, at first we're looking at it like we suck and then we start to kind of have that exposure to it, which allows for us to do it more so without judgment or at least compassion. So one of the things I would definitely recommend doing is whatever it is that you're, that's coming up for you right now, just give yourself some grace. You didn't know what you didn't know and when you know better, you can do better. And so it's not about having all of this perfected right now. You know, even you and I, Amy, like we're not perfect in our journey. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty close. <laughs> right. I mean, well, you can only know, I'm kidding. But like, yeah, realistically, we are still on a journey. Every single person is. There's people, I've been in the finance industry for two decades. There's people who have way more money than I do, right? Way more money. <laughs> What's that? I said, you're not even that old. Stop it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, but realistically, right, there's people who, there's somebody that's wealthier than pretty much everyone. I mean, I don't know who's the wealthiest person in the entire world, but it doesn't matter. So the point is that there's always room. At certain point, it doesn't matter at all because it's like, okay, what are you going to do with this extra? You could literally buy the world, like if it was right. for sale. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and I actually, and, and I'd be happy to to dive deeper into this piece of it, but I do have a method um, that's kind of a A to Z process that would help people to really walk this journey. If you want me to share a little bit more about that method. Oh, absolutely. Duh. <laughs> Perfect. So this method is called the ALIGN method, and it's an acronym that spells out the word ALIGN. So if you're someone who is really just wanting to kind of dive into this, maybe you're not where, exactly where you want to be, or you've been you know, creating a lot of momentum, but you're starting to realize through this conversation that... Uh, oh, wow, maybe I do have some blocks. Maybe I do have some things that are, you know, that I need to shift, or maybe I'm coming up against this plateau or this financial thermostat I'm starting to realize is not set where I want it to be. 
um, this is the process that you can use to walk through that. So align, uh, if we look at the pillar number one, it stands for awareness. And so it's about becoming aware of the ways that you are actually perpetuating this reality. And so again, that's where the holding up the mirror and saying, hey, how am I showing up in a way that's disempowering, right? And again, it's really important to have compassion around this aspect of it because we have to be able to say, how can I do this without pointing the finger at others and pointing the finger at myself, knowing that I didn't know what I didn't know before. Trust me, I've walked this journey. I've had so much conditioning around money um, growing up the way that I did. And so, you know, just doing this for me, I call this becoming the gentle observer, like start to look around and see how am I showing up in disempowering ways? What's it like to be in a relationship with me if I were money? Um, then the second pillar is, so once you become aware of what it is that's going on behind the scenes, um, that's where you can move into L, which stands for letting it go. It's important for us to begin to release these things. See, I don't believe, I believe that we're actually abundance at our core, right? And so realistically, we come into this world with the capacity to create, to manifest, to bring anything that we desire into our lives. And so it's not about doing more, becoming more, becoming someone different. It's actually all about releasing all the bullshit stories, the lies, the programming, the matrix, all the stuff that's in the way of you actually knowing who it is that you truly are, because at your core, you are everything. You are abundance. You don't have to go magnetize abundance. You are abundance. You just have to let go of anything that's in the way of believing that to be true. Right. Mm -hmm. Does that makes sense. So yeah. Then once you have begun to that process of letting go, that's where you now can get empowered around this and start to move into pillar number three, which is identify where you want to go instead. And I love to call this, you know, looking at who is the wildly wealthy woman version of you. Like if all things were possible, what would you want to create in this world? And starting to get curious and play with that idea. I remember the first time that my mentor asked me that question. I couldn't even, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm already making good money. Like, why would I want more? Like I had so much conditioning around that. And so starting to get clear about like, what would you create if you could have anything in the world, right? If it's possible for one person, it's possible for you too. And so start to really dream big. This is your, uh, this is your time and your opportunity to start really thinking about what is the impact that you're here to make on the world? How can you, you know, bring some of this to fruition? Once you start to get really crystal clear about who it is that that highest version of you is, then you move into pillar number four, which is G stands for getting into inspired action. So this isn't about just moving to move, like you said, being on the hamster wheel of life, right? Trying to do it all. This is about tapping into your own intuitive gifting, using your human design, right? Using whatever intuitive gifts that you have to move in the direction of where it is that your soul is guiding you. I call this activating your soul power, which is the name of my podcast, right? So once you start doing that and you get into inspired action, instead of just being on the hamster wheel of life and moving to move, instead of moving to progress, what will actually happen is you'll start to manifest the clients, manifest the money. You'll start to see that the results of the things that you are creating in your life. And so from that point, this is where the missing link lies for most people. And this was the missing link for me too. That's where you want to move into pillar number five, which is N stands for normalize and stabilize this new level before you try going on to the next. That is crucial because our nervous system, again, anything that's unfamiliar to the nervous system is automatically deemed as unsafe. So if you reach this, let's say you double your income. Well, if you don't normalize that, you don't allow your body to feel safe with that. What happens is 
you'll begin to self-sabotage. <laughs> It'll just be, this happens to lottery winners. My dad hit the lottery and he was a statistic and broke three years later. This is why it happens. They say, if you want to become a millionaire overnight, you got to become a millionaire overnight up here and within your body. Otherwise you'll self-sabotage it, right? And so that's the align method in a nutshell. There's a lot that goes into all of that, but ultimately the missing link that I- heard for that stuff, you guys. So get out your wallets. <laughs> Isn't that though, like uh, we have to normalize it. We have to normalize yeah. this conversation, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because not too long ago, I was looking at my at my money blocks, my my own, right? Because I'm a successful entrepreneur. But sure. um, what I realized, and this is kind of crazy, my money blocks of making more money have to do with government oversight. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to make so much that like the government and like, I don't want to be watched. I don't yeah. want people to notice my money. I've been in that boat before where like everybody had their hand out and people were suing us and like all mm. these things were happening when we had money. And so my block is actually like, I remember we had to pay weekly taxes, not quarterly taxes. <laughs> we had to pay wow. the IRS weekly. They wanted to make sure they got their money. And mm. so for me, I'm like, oh gosh, if I ever make that kind of money again, like they're going to be at my door. Like excuse me. We just want to make sure that, you know, you you're paying us like that did not appeal to me. And I, I was shocked that that was a block. You know, I was like, isn't there a point where you make enough that you don't care? You're like, yeah, whatever you want more, here's more, you know, but that was really fascinating to me. I never wow. would have in a million years thought that that was a block, but yeah, that's why I don't make $2 million a year. Y'all. Okay. So if you're wondering, <laughs> there you go. It's nothing to do with well, clients. Realistically, it's funny that you bring that up because it's a very common block. Maybe not that in particular, but that's tied to the, the responsibility, um, mm. piece, right? It's like with money comes more responsibility. And so coming from a big family like me, I'm, I mean, I can totally resonate with that just on a different level with, I for a long time held myself back because I didn't want my siblings, my parents, like here, you know, here I am. Like, cause I felt that responsibility on my own shoulders. And that comes with us knowing that with more, with more money, yes, it does come more responsibility, but we have to be able to cultivate that internal trust that we're going to do what it takes in, to, to make sure that no matter how much we make, there's enough taxes, no matter how much we make there, right. we can establish the boundaries that we need with the people in our lives, right? It's all about us knowing and trusting ourselves fully. So I love that you bring that up because it's a very common block. It just might come up in a different way for someone else. Yeah. And digging into that even more, like it's almost like this have and have not mentality. Like there's a line. And when you're below that line, society is supposed to bend over backwards to take care of you, to make sure you're okay, because something's going on that you can't take care of yourself. And it's very much acceptable for you not to have your shit together. Right. And then you hit this line and it's like, what do you mean you have a cold? You're not allowed to have a cold. You make too much money to have a cold. What do you mean you got your period? Like, I'm sorry, your, your partner died. Well, at least you have $10 million. Like you're, you get to this line, this invisible line where you're no longer allowed to acknowledge your humanity because all of your problems should be able to be fixed by the money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have this block until money becomes part of who you are. And you recognize that it's, it's just like anything else that you have or don't have you, you get, it's like this, this like money blindness where you're like, oh, well, how could you possibly have anything go wrong? You're a zillionaire. It's like, then how come celebrities are being found dead? If money is all end all be all, then how come these people, because you know, they're not good people or because they, 
they're they they don't understand. And it's like, no, because they got all the way there and they went, this isn't it. Like this is it. Yeah. It's such a good conversation. And that's why we're having these conversations. We have to bring awareness to this. You know, I've I've seen it all being in the industry as long as I have watching people who've had more money than most most of us have ever seen. Right. And they're miserable. They're sick. Right. I've, I've seen one of the wealthiest families that I've ever come across and what it is that I, you know, did for many, many years. Um, three of them, I believe three of the children committed suicide, all three. I mean, it's just like, I learned very early on in my career that money, it's not, you know, you can make money in alignment with your soul's path, or you can make money out of alignment. I would just prefer to make it in alignment and help others make it in alignment because then we can create the the fulfillment, the impact, the ripple effect, actually be able to feel good about what it is that we're doing in the world and not just making money to make money because that's a facade. That's not real. Like, like you said, all of the things that you just mentioned, that's what happens when we make money out of alignment or we make it our God, or we make it mean something about us. It's just, that's not it. That's not the vibe. Well, and it's interesting, as you said that I just had a divine download that like, we're not even making money. We're just circulating it around the planet. Like there's a finite amount of it and we're going here, have some, and then we're taking it from them and they're taking it from us. And it's like, it's already out there. And if we're being really honest, it's not even real anymore. It's literally some person somewhere typing numbers into a computer and putting the decimal point somewhere or not. It like literally doesn't exist until you go to a physical bank and pull it out all it is, is an idea. And we let an idea about decimal points, like literally control our lives. Oh my God. I think about this all the time. I love that you bring that up. If you are in this position, anyone listening has you, you attach these meanings or because this is society, right? That literally tells us, okay, because of a number, because of a made up number that you look at on your phone or your computer, that means something about you. That means that somehow you are better or worse than the next because of that. I want you to, if you've ever experienced that or you're experiencing that now, just play with this idea that when you open your bank account, almost act like it's like someone else, someone else's money. Like just look at it. And if we can have no attachment to making that mean anything about us, like say that was your friend's bank account, like what would you tell them to do? What would you give them in terms of advice? How would you tell them to, you know, either make more money or save more money? Like we know what to do innately. We just have so many stories and attachments and programs around what this shit means, even though like it's what it means about us. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything about you. It means absolutely nothing about you. The one, the amount of money that you have right now is only reflective of who it was that you were being in the past. It's not reflective of who it is that you are right now or where it is that you're going. If you knew that to be true, how differently would you show up in your life? Absolutely. And a perfect example of this is think about how many multimillionaires live in the foothills of California. And when they have forest fires, right? When they have wildfires, their everything gets destroyed and they're sleeping on a friend's couch. It's like, yeah. are they losers because of that? Right. right. <laughs> no. Like they literally had a horrible thing happen. I had a client who was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, my family's doing a thing in India and I can't go because of, you know, because of COVID or whatever, or it was after COVID. And I'm like, what if it was during COVID? Would you have made yourself wrong for it? Would you Mm -hmm. have been like, wow, I'm such a loser that I can't go because no, you would never have done that. 
Yeah. You would never have made that mean anything about you. If you run over a nail on the, on the, on the highway, you know, do you say like, oh, I'm so stupid. I ran over that. No. Right. Yeah. So things can befall you that don't mean anything about, oh my God, can we, yes, you guys, yes. I'm reading your minds and yes, we can bring her back for another episode. Of course <laughs> we can. In fact, I will give you my word that I will give her the link to book another one right after this. <laughs> She's already on the schedule because we clearly have to continue this conversation. But for now, for everybody who is literally just like drooling right now, like wanting to get into more of your world, how do they get in touch with you? How do they find more of you? How do they pick your brain for money? Of course, because we don't have money blocks here, girl, y'all. Um, how, how do they get more of you? Absolutely. So I would be happy, more than happy to come back. Um, but I'm on all the socials at Rise with Rebecca. My first name is spelled um, differently. So you can link that in the bio or link that in the show notes. The way she spells her name, it's got an H in it. It's so pretty. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> so Rise with Rebecca on Instagram is where I hang out the most. Um, TikTok as well. Um, and then I also, I would be more than happy to, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about this um, process, the align method, I do have a training that I'd be more than happy to give to your listeners if that's okay. Okay. So it's called how to rise to riches using the align method. And it goes way deeper into this process and how, what to become aware of specific ways that you can let them go. Right. It actually walks through a lot more. Um, and I can give that to them, um, as a, you know, just a, bonus for hanging out with us today to thank you for hanging out with us today. And of course, you're more than welcome to DM me. I love, love, love connecting with other incredible women. So if you are interested in learning more, just shoot me a DM. I'm more than happy to chat. Oh my gosh. This call has been like so good. The energy. Are you a generator? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I thought so. I'm a generator too. And I just feel like this whole room, like I was half asleep when we got on here and now I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) this is good. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Rebecca. This has been amazing. Obviously I could talk this with you all day. Maybe we'll do a program together someday and we'll like bring in like the, you know, all the pieces. Um, But it has been such a pleasure. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and thank you all for listening in. I can't wait to connect with you soon. Absolutely. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Magnetic Goddess Podcast. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste.